the best bits of the week. The Wake Up With Webster podcast. Podcast. Hello. It's podcast time. <laughs> alert, alert. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, here we go again. Uh, the, highlighting the best bits. Uh, I always think best should be in inverted commas because it's everyone's got a different opinion on what best is. <laughs> but we see best as your stories. Yeah. Uh, the calls we get, the tales we have every morning on the show, it just wouldn't be worth listening to without you. We love your stories. And I have to say, some of the things that people phone and tell us about are just incredible. Um, it, it can be super personal. It can be really funny. It can be awkward, embarrassing. We love the fact that you're happy to come on and embarrass yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's just talking to your radio pals, isn't it? Us, Webster and Claire, with you every morning, 6 till 10. Uh, but podcast time, wow, we've got a bumper edition for you today, including, I said today, it's like I'm doing the radio show, a bumper edition for you this week. Including a special guest. We'll tell you more about that shortly. Yeah, maybe even some laughs. That's quite rare, but I we'll mean, see. Yeah, that might be pushing <laughs> it, but we can try. Uh, but we, we need to start with, um, well, another Claire family story that has me worried about all the canards. Well, this is a family story <laughs> that uh, didn't come to light. It actually happened a few months ago, but apparently because I work on the radio, that if they tell me stories like this, I'll talk about it on the radio. Oh, dear. Yeah, I get that all the time. People will back off with details in case you chat about it. <laughs> So what did I do? Talk about it on the radio. Uh, my auntie and uncle went to a wedding and they rocked up to this room. They were just evening guests. They went and they put their present down. They went and sat down. They're looking around. I don't know anyone here. I have no idea as to who any of these people are. It took them a few minutes. I think they'd got like their drinks and settled until they realised <laughs> they were actually in the wrong venue. But you do get your priorities straight, straight away. Right, where's the bar? <laughs> yeah, straight exactly. Straight away. Let's go and get a little glass of something. The thing was, they'd actually put their present down the back of the pile, so literally had to go and dig out their present oh. again, run away, and the the actual wedding they were supposed to be at was upstairs. Was that, uh, was that a toaster? Because everyone always probably. takes a toaster. <laughs> uh, I think whatever present they grab back from the pile, it probably would have been the same as the one they, they took in anyway. Yeah. But I mean, imagine getting caught if you were caught taking a present back from the pile. Be like, oi, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know anyone here. We're in the wrong place. You would have to admit it. We're not stealing gifts, honestly. We tried to bring them and then you have to start proving it and then it all just gets way out of hand. Um, but we thought, you know, we've, we've worked out places, times that you've turned up like at the wrong time or whatever. Wrong day. Yeah. When have you turned up at the wrong place? Amber called us. We were booked to go down to London for an award ceremony. I was receiving a Medal of Excellence for spray painting and the ceremony was that evening. We were booked to get a flight in the morning and we went to Glasgow International. I didn't do the itinerary. Got there, chilled out, had a coffee to find that our flight wasn't actually on the board and it turns out we should have been in Presswick. No! Who got the blame? We thought about driving down, taking eight hours to get us there. We'd have been pushed for getting my ball gown dress on. So we ended up booking another flight and it cost us just shy of £300 each. Oh, we couldn't claim that money back. Oh, no. I, you've never let it go either. No, no, it's, it's stuck there. <laughs> so the company couldn't uh, afford to fork out, so you had to do it all individually? Yep. Oh, who got the blame then? Who was in charge of that itinerary then, Amber? Um, 
I'm not 100% sure, but I just took it, I just took it on the chin. How far through the airport did you get before you realised? I know you said you were having a coffee, but you didn't make it through security or anything. No, because we couldn't get past that point because we hadn't <sighs> checked in. Ah, oh, dear. Um, but, yeah, so we just wanted to chill out, have a bit of fresh air first, and then went to the board and it wasn't there, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, were, were you on time, or were, were you just pushing it fine for, for getting there? Uh, we managed it. it just uh, it was uh, a quick hour in the hotel to get ready, so didn't even have a chance to properly do the hair the way I wanted it or anything but we made it and we still got to see Gary Rhodes at the award ceremony and things like that so we made it on time and you got your medal I got my medal yay Uh, and you didn't let it spoil the evening? No, no, not at all. But be- if anything, it was like a good laugh to laugh about on the way back up. It, well, it's a story now, isn't Stressful it? on the way down. <laughs> yeah. You're never going to forget that because of the medal and the story behind it now. Yeah. Wake up with Webster Podcast. I have a sad sofa. Oh, why? How are you going to cheer it up? Why is it sad? It's sad because it no longer has bottoms on it. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I should really explain. Yeah, my my beloved sofa that we've had since I met my wife, actually, uh, now sits sadly in the garage. Oh no! Ah, it's it's got no company. Oh. We couldn't get it in the house. You know, you could make the garage into a man cave. I've tried. I'm not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I've tried. No, you're not doing that. What will the neighbours say? Uh, so we could, just couldn't get it in and we didn't figure this out until we had actually moved on the day of moving house about four months ago. We we hadn't thought because that we sofa, check the it details. got in the previous house. It was all right there. Not um, all houses are identical. Yeah, there was no way. Even taking the windows off, there wouldn't have been enough room. The um, removal guys tried to help out. We even did a lot of pivoting and you go that way, you go that way. Nah, sad in the garage, doing nothing. We hadn't checked the room. I mean, details. I always check details for everything that I do, so... <laughs> yeah, hashtag small curtains. Yeah, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> but we thought it would be quite a fun one to chat about, so uh, Jamie called us with issues on his sofa. Yeah, when have you not checked the details? So, me and my partner just moved into our first house, and I'd been tasked by looking for the sofa. Um, I found one on Gumtree, and I went along and got it. And as soon as we got there, we kind of thought it was a bit big, but we took it anyway. <laughs> got back to the flat and when we tried to get in the front door there was no way that was fitting in. We had like the door, everything like that off. The front door of the flat off, it still wasn't going in. So apparently got an electric saw and cut it in half. No! Ooh, that was, yeah. the, that was the move I turned down for my sofa. I thought, hey, nah, you can't handle that. It, it was like an Italian leather one as well. So the felt like we, we had to kind of like not stitch it back up but try, we tried to staple it back together at the back. Staples. Did not look the same. <laughs> no. Have you still got this sofa? Uh, no, we swiftly got rid of that one. <laughs> oh, did it survive after the sawing? Well, so when we got into the flat, um, we actually it got screwed back together and stapled back together, and then when, <laughs> it was fine. It looked okay, and then as soon as somebody sat on it and fell through it before. Yeah. It <laughs> Should have used sellotape. I make. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, the big question, I suppose, Jamie, is though, when you originally first tried to get the sofa into the house, did you pivot? 
pivot. <laughs> yeah, you're both shouting at each other. Right, your end. No, your end. Not up your end. Down over there. Not up. Pivot. Pivot. Move it. Yeah, and there was quite a lot of decorative work to be done afterwards as well. So I'm no, I'm no longer allowed to buy stuff. It's, uh, <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, Jamie, Jamie. No good ever comes out of the sentence, so we got out a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up with Webster Podcast. The best bits of the week. We worked out that Webster has no skills. Hey, hey, well, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that I, I can do. That people have sometimes said, "Oh, that's that's quite fancy." Can do it again, and all it is is me. I can raise my right eyebrow. Yep. Claire's doing exactly the same, mirroring me right now. So it's not a skill. We can no, both do that. Not a skill. Uh, the other thing that I thought was quite special that I could do since I was a teenager: fold a packet of crisps into a triangle, a neat triangle. Nope. It, it amazes kids everywhere. Not Look at this. Not a skill. Uh, my boy has realised, and uh, he should get smart points for this. Daddy, daddy, can you can you fold up my crisp packet into a triangle? Yeah, son, of course. Thinking, <laughs> uh, getting all excited, thinking, oh, he looks, dad's got a skill, I can do this. Nah, I think he, he's just done that so he doesn't have to put it in the bin. <laughs> That's what I've figured out. So, yeah, basically what Claire said at the beginning, I've got no skills. Uh, I have a useless skill of being able to recite the alphabet backwards, but that's about it. It's never going to come in handy uh, at any point in my life, I think. so. From the letter N backwards. Do the alphabet now. N-M-O-P-Q-R. I'm going the wrong way. N-M-L-K-J-I-H-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. Sounds about right. Yeah. Of course it's right. (laughs) That's right. Why did you pick that up? I've no idea. I just, I honestly actually remember going to my mum and being like, I can say the alphabet backwards. And I think I was only in like primary one. Oof. Felt clever. Britain's got talent. Here we <laughs> never come. Yeah. So special skills. I, I was thinking, well, surely we're going to find some amazing skills from our listeners from around Tayside and Fife. And well, we were slightly disappointed at a few, right? Well, we were talking useless skills. However, I think uh, Nicola's skill can be quite useful at times. Yeah, but her husband has cottoned on to her now. I can cry on demand. <laughs> like, instantly. <laughs> Does this mean you get your way all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, similar, it's great because I do it with tears and everything. Oh, you can get the whole lot, like the tantrum and uh, all oh. the, do you get the cry voice as well? <laughs> no, I go, for the, I go for the subtle sad look, not the puppy dog look. Oh. And then the tears come, and I just kind of keep the face there until I get what I want. Ah, <laughs> uh, right, Nicola. Now, I'm guessing after a few attempts of, of doing this, your, your partner's now wise to it. Yeah, yeah, he's wise to it now. It's almost um, like a case of crying wolf. When you actually cry for real now, he won't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> right, Nicola, you know what we're going to ask? I know it's going to be a tricky one on the radio. Uh, but we uh, we need to hear it. When you're ready, start crying. Three, two, one. What? I kind of want to know if I can see tears yet. <laughs> you just made me laugh. <laughs> I've lost that. I've lost that. Lost it. Right, let's be quiet. Sorry, Nick. Back into the zone. Go on. If it makes you feel better, there's a tear now. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of feels like heavy breathing. This feels so wrong. <laughs> this really is oh, happening on TFM. It works so well. I, I actually used to do it with my dad when I was younger. I've been doing it that long. <laughs> oh, what? Use it to get your way. What a queen. <laughs> it's great. 
Wake Up With Webster podcast. An incredible story was uh, unfolding this week that we had our eyes on and it happened on a train. Now, I've seen some strange things on a train, but I've never seen anyone going into labour. Oh, wow. This train was from uh, London to Aberdeen and it was getting close to Dundee and they realised, right, we're, we're going to have to stop and properly delay this train now. This lady, uh, there's no stopping her. No, she is going to have this kid. So uh, they did and the ambulance uh, came, they whisked her off. Uh, the train was delayed ever so slightly, but I think people were quite understanding about that. Um, they didn't actually get told until they got to Aberdeen why it had been delayed. I think this is just incredible. So it got us thinking... When did you go into labour? What happened? Yeah, what's the story? There's got to be some amazing tales out there. Moira did not disappoint. I lived out in the country in a little cottage and my husband was away up out to work. I woke up and here was this great big Freddy Krueger, as I called it, big spider <laughs> on my pillow. Oh, my word, oh. I would have been out of there. You would have given you. birth whether or not you were pregnant <laughs> or not, Claire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, absolutely. So I was jumping up and down my bed screaming to which there was two fishermen heard it broke my door down what oh my uh, word yeah came in and i was actually on my bed screaming this thing was crawling across my floor literally <laughs> looking at me freddy and i'm saying go away and then, <laughs> that always works there's a few choice words in there that weren't shouldn't really oh, yeah. said. thank you moira thank you for being a lady uh-huh. and thank you <laughs> and of course um they immediately realized that my waters had broken i'd gone into labor being 15 to 20 miles away from the local hospital, it was quite a race to get there. However, the little monkey took 72 hours to come. Oh, no! I thought, yeah. I thought you were going to say these two strange fishermen then helped you give birth there on the floor next to Freddy the Spider, but uh, it didn't... No, that would have just been too much. That would have just been too much. I would have had to have had a gin for that. <laughs> just the one. Here's the big question. Did they get rid of the spider? That's the thing. When I came home with my beautiful little boy, £8.5 ounces a month premature, um... No. Oh, no. And then you screamed again, and the fisherman came running again, (laughs) and it's like, oh, she's crying wolf now. I mean, that's it. Yeah, exactly. They were like, no, this is just too much. (laughs) Too much from us now. (laughs) Wake up with Webster Podcast. The best bits of the week. I think we should probably uh, highlight something in our podcast this week. Uh, We need to say happy birthday. To a very special man. Alf. Yes. You're talking about Alf. I am talking about Alf. Tell us more Alfred about Alfred Smith is the oldest gentleman in the UK. And he's from Perth. Well, St Meadows, the small village just outside. He's 111. And 111. And as we record this podcast... No, it's his birthday today. Yeah, it's his birthday Friday today. is when we report, uh, record this. So just add on how many days it's been since the uh, 29th of March, if you're listening to this <laughs> yeah. in a couple of months. And then that's how old he is. 111. He's lived through two world wars, 29 general elections. How could he put up with that many? He retired at the age of 70, and but continued to work on a, his farm at Ken Fawns near Perth right into his 80s. And what do you think he attributes to his long life? Please tell me it's a gin or a whiskey or something mm-hmm. like that. Chocolate, Perth air, the fresh air. Yeah. No, laughter. A, an exact quote from Alf. Most of the trouble in the world is caused by people taking themselves too seriously. He doesn't do that. He thinks laughter is extremely important. We're going to live till we're like 150, <laughs> aren't we? Well, you talked about you and I or people yeah. who listen to the podcast or the show because that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least.
least we don't take ourselves too seriously. Happy birthday, Alf. Wake up with Webster Podcast. The best bits of the week. Uh, on the Wake Up With Webster Show podcast, we like to bring you some extra bits and pieces, some bonus material. And usually we like to do that in the form of a guest, if we can, try and get someone who's coming up to this area to talk to us about what they're doing and, and where it's happening and all of that. So, funnily enough, that's exactly what we've done for you. A comedian is on with us. Raymond Mearns is going to be at the Gardine Theatre in Dundee on the 6th of April. So we want to talk to Raymond about all things comedy. Welcome to Wake Up With Webster. Tell us about your new tour then. Well, it's the first tour I've uh, done in, in, in 10 years. I've just been busy doing kind of circuit gigs all over the country and sometimes abroad. And, and I've been doing the Fringe every year. And I like doing the Fringe and I get loads of people coming and it's always busy. So I thought, you know what, I'll take that sort of thing out on the road. That's kind of why I did it. And that's why I'm coming to the Gardine in Dundee. What's your favourite thing about Dundee? Dundee's really like Glasgow. And I'm going to tell you why, right? Because kind of Glasgow is kind of next to Edinburgh, I suppose. And Edinburgh kind of looks down in Glasgow. And Glasgow doesn't care. And <laughs> Dundee's under Aberdeen. And Aberdeen looks down in Dundee a bit. And Dundee doesn't care. But Dundee's cool now. Because it's got the V&A. Yeah. <laughs> Dundee's the coolest wee city. That's all we needed. Dundee is uber cool now they've got the V&A. <laughs> Absolutely. Culture central. <laughs> Your show, though, um, I mean, where do you get inspiration from? It's just everyday life? Webster, my life, I don't know why, is an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> Everything I try just comes to nothing. I with think you hilarious too consequences. have it's a lot in common. What kind of things are you specifically talking about? I mean, I'm just back from Australia, and everything in Australia can kill you. I mean, if it's not the weather... Which is which is murder. I mean, I mean, I'm talking forty degrees, and I'm not talking Fahrenheit. I mean, it's it's, it's really hot, unbelievably hot. It's not like tropical Dundee. I mean, it's really hot. And also, I got bit by an Australian bull ant. Oh, oh was... I thought you were going to say a spider there, but an no, ant. If, oh. if, you, if you get bit by a spider in Australia, then then it's light suit. Some of the spiders in Australia, the Sydney funnel web spider is the sixth most, most poisonous thing in Australia. Did you see one? But I get bitten by this Aussie bull ant, right? And I've still got a, a, a kind of a mark on my leg where it bit me. It was living inside my trousers rent free. <laughs> and and, it, and it, it never bit me, actually. It stung me. It, it can bite and sting. That was him um, uh, showing you that he wasn't happy with the landlord. You you weren't doing your upkeep properly if he was living been, inside there. I couldn't have been feeding that enough. <laughs> and do you, find, uh, do you find audiences react to your show or your content differently depending on which part of the country you're presenting it in? Well... I, you, you kind of I do uh, um, sometimes, but that's not really kind of too much of a problem for me because I used to work with two mad Dundonians in the oil business years ago and I've performed in, in Dundee a lot. So there'll always be some kind of local sort of references and that sort of thing anyway. But over and above that, that just kind of gets the audience really to kind of trust you a bit and say, He's not completely lazy. He's kind of looked up some stuff. <laughs> I mean, I used to love going for a pint up in Manny's with uh, my, my old boss, who was a mad Dundee United supporter. And and the other guy that worked was, was a Dundee supporter. Oh. And I thought rivalry doing here was bad for football. Yeah. These, two were, 
These two were at it all the time. Well, it looks as though they might even be facing each other in the playoffs. Uh, if United don't win the league, you never know. Aye, be like that. that'll be God, that'll be some game, eh? That'll be brilliant. I mean, your tour is going to take you over most of the uh, the major towns and cities in Scotland, right? Including Perth in it June. Is, it is. I'm in the venue in Perth as well. Um, I think, is that on the 10th of June? I can't remember exactly. But I, I'm, I'm going down to the venue in Perth as well. That's, that's a great wee room. My understanding of comedians, I don't think it's... I think it's a thing I could never do, right? Because um, on the radio, you're you're safely hiding behind the microphone and you don't get reactions. You're not sure of what people think is funny or not. And everyone's opinion on what's funny is different. So how, how does it feel when you're up there and you're not getting the reactions you, you want? Do you start sweating and worrying, Raymond? Oh, that's... They call it dying, Webster. Yeah. They call it dying, and they say what Disney kill you makes you stronger, but you've always got the scars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. What's the What's the worst gig you've ever done? Unfortunately, it's an occupational hazard. Sometimes I've been doing comedy for twenty five years, and thankfully I don't die that easy. <laughs> yeah, there's hey. no putting rain and die. What about hecklers? How do you deal with them? Oh, I'm brilliant with hecklers. <laughs> I, um, I say, you, you, you kind of need to be... There's two ways of dealing with it. The first thing, you shouldn't look upon it as a kind of a, a challenge to your ego. That's bad. That's just going to make you look awful to the audience. But you just got to come back with something funny. But do you know what happens? Sometimes the heckle's so good yeah. that you've got to gear the guy. <laughs> Unless you can top it, forget it. I was well, a heckler once. Yeah. <laughs> it was On the radio. Uh, no, a comedy gig at the Edinburgh Festival with my best mate. Let's just say we had a few shandies. And it was one of these showcases at the festival where uh, everyone comes on for like 10 minutes and just to give it a shot. Yeah. And it was sponsored by Newcastle Brown Ale, Newquay Brune, and they had life-size inflatable bottles. And this guy, as you said, Raymond, he was dying on stage. And I found that there was an opportunity, a moment of silence, where I shouted out, Pass the mic to the bottle! And I thought I was the most hilarious heckler ever, but really... You <laughs> were that laugh? guy. <laughs> I was that guy. It's Raymond Mearns, and he's yeah. at the Gardine Theatre in Dundee uh, next week, and then in Perth in June. Check the dates online. Raymond, thanks for coming on. Oh, Webster, thank you. Thanks for having me on TFM. Wake up with Webster Podcast. That's it. That, I think that's us. Are we done? I just thought... Didn't I have organised some kind of challenge? Nope. Remember, remember last week we no had a, a challenge? No nope. Remember last week I, I gave you a bit of a challenge. You were given 24 hours to make people say your first name and every time someone said your name, your bank account would go up by £100. Yeah, it didn't happen though. So, uh, you know, I'm out of these challenges now. But we were just coming up with ideas and hypothesising how you can make the mm. most money out of that. And my idea was get... Just change your name to Alexa. <laughs> well, this one, what, what do you think about this? Now, it's a little bit random, but once again, I like to I like to bring this to the podcast bonus material. Your belly button, okay? Okay. What if it was an actual button, but it could only do one thing, and it can't be supernatural, what would you make your belly button button do? Probably um, <laughs> make my belly able to digest all foods... Anything that I want to eat and not gain weight. No, broaden that your, work? Well, maybe, but broaden your mind a little bit more. Imagine if you could just press your belly button button and you would instantly fall asleep or you would laugh or 
maybe there's something that you've forgotten you need to remember, press my belly button button. That's supernatural, <laughs> though, surely. No, no, no. Or it makes you, maybe you press it just as you're waking up and it makes you feel fully awake and motivated and ready to take on the day. <laughs> No, what, that what? would be quite good for us at 5 a.m. Yeah, we need that. Let's let's talk to people at Dundee Uni or Aberty or something. I'm sure they can work <laughs> on a belly button button. Yeah, they're quite good at this. Uh, <laughs> you can check us out weekdays. We are here early doors, 6 till 10 a.m. on TFM. We don't always talk nonsense, honest. We do, though. Mostly. The Wake Up With Webster podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and at tfm.co.uk and listen live on TFM weekday mornings from 6.